morning. Go with me to Psalm 105 this morning. Psalm 105. And appreciate the good singing, time of prayer and rejoicing. And uh, Psalm 105. Uh, I bless the Lord for his goodness. Hadn't he been marvelous to us? I feel compelled to say this. Um, and so I will. And whoever it applies to this morning... You just have to make application. Uh, and if it don't apply to you, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. The greatest thing that ever happened to some uh, is you just get saved. This would all make sense. It wouldn't be a burden you had to bear and carry. It wouldn't be something you had to endure. You endure church. Christians don't endure church. You endure church. You, you despise church. You dread church. You fight church. You don't want to go to church. You're the only one in your home that don't want to go to church. It ain't because you're tired. I'm tired. I was tired this morning. I didn't want to get out of bed. What got me out of bed is I want to go to church. If you get saved... You better get saved. Because when they all leave this world, you're going to be left without all of them. You better get saved. Jesus ain't playing. You must be born again. Must be born again. Kids need to get saved. You watch a little kid get saved, they'll enjoy church. Sure do. Well, my kids don't like church because they don't know Jesus. You want to keep them around long enough for them to like Jesus. <laughs> my kids don't like church. Let them just put them in there anyway. They're gonna meet Jesus one day, and they'll like it. When did we come to a world where you gave your kids everything they wanted anyway? I didn't know that was parenting success. We'll just give them everything they want. They may not know that they need Jesus, but put them around him long enough, they'll meet him. And they'll want to be around him. I'm not trying to rebuke you in a mean spirit. I'm trying to rebuke you in a helpful spirit. God save you this morning. You'd be so full of joy and life and love, and you know it. <laughs> And the reason why you don't get saved is not because you want to go off and live in sin, possibly. And then again, it might be because you really enjoy your sin and you're not ready to give it up. That's why some people don't get saved. They actually really like their sin and they know if they ever get saved, God's going to want them to give it up and so they're not ready to get saved. And they think they'll live long enough that they will get saved when they're old and they're tired of living in their sin. Maybe you'll have that opportunity, maybe you won't. That's why some people don't get saved. Here's, here's the reason why some people don't get saved as well. Sometimes people don't get saved because they've already told everybody they are saved and they don't know how to backtrack on that. And then it becomes a proud issue and they really want to get saved and they know the very moment they ever got up out of that altar and got on that, or got up out of that pew and got on that altar and actually told God the truth, I'm a sinner. They know joy would come. They know what it looks like. They've seen it in others. Joy would come. Peace would come. They know what it looks like. They know it would be theirs. 
They just don't know how to get it because they don't know how to ever say, I am a sinner and I was wrong and I was lost. God wants to save you this morning. He's such a good Savior. If you come in here this morning and your life's falling apart and, and no one knows it or everyone knows it, it don't make a difference. If you acknowledge your sin to God, confess your sin to God, you don't say, I don't know all of it, just tell him I'm a sinner and I'm wrong. That's how you get saved. God, I'm a sinner and I'm wrong. I'm a sinner and I'm wrong. And I need you. He understands that language. I'm a sinner and I'm wrong. It's not a 12 step or a process or a program. It's a prayer. It's really not even have to be a prayer of the lips. It can be a prayer of the heart. God knows when you bow your head and bow your heart when you mean business with him. God, I'm wrong. And you're right. And I've always been wrong. Sometimes Christians need to get some of that back in their life. You did that when you got saved and you ain't been able to do it since. Y'all just, y'all just, y'all just tell him this, God, I'm still wrong. I was wrong. Wrong. Quit trying to be right. Quit trying to be right. You gotta be right with everybody. You gotta be, don't misunderstand. Y'all be right with people, but I'm talking about you gotta be right in front of everybody. You gotta make sure everybody knows you're right, thinks you're right. You gotta win the battle, win the fight. You gotta be right. Quit trying to be right and be wrong. Be wrong. I'm wrong. He's right. Ain't none of us right. He's right. You're wrong. Tell him I'm wrong. I've always been wrong. I was always on the wrong side when you found me. And without your help, I still get on the wrong side. I'm wrong. You're right. That's how you can live in victory. I'm still wrong. I never figured out how to be right or get right or do right. I've just been wrong, but he's been right and I've been trying to follow him. If you'll follow him, you'll stay right. Some people don't go to altars because they don't want people to think they're wrong. Some people do go to altars because they don't want people to think they're wrong. It's just your perspective. They're going to the altar. They're going to think something wrong with me. I better not go to the altar. They're going to think something wrong with me. There is something wrong with you. Go to the altar. There is something wrong with you. Don't go to the altar. Some of you need to quit going to the altar. Some of you need to start going to the altar. Some of you going to the altar for the wrong reason because you can't let no, no one know that you're not right. Some of you not going to the altar for the wrong reason. You don't want anybody to think you got a problem. You're wrong. Both of you are wrong. Both sides, we're all wrong. Quit going to the altar. Start going to the altar. You know you'd come to church, preach to you, not go to the altar no more. Some of you need to quit going to the altar. The only reason you're going is because you want everybody to think everything is all right, and it ain't. Some of you ain't been in two years. You need to get up. Oh, get over your pride. Go get on the altar and tell God I'm sorry and I've been wrong. And a truckload of grace and mercy and flood your soul. 
Some of you need to run to an altar in the middle of singing. Break all your pride. Everybody's sitting down. It's not an altar call or an invitation. You just get up and go to the altar. You're wrong. You've always been wrong. It's how Christians live in victory. I'm wrong. I was wrong. God would save you and he will if you let him have all of that. If you are saved, you need to do what it was when you got saved. You don't have to get saved again. Jesus saved you and he saved you one time and one time will be all you ever need. It's eternal, it's full, it's free. You don't have to get born again again. But what you did when you got saved, do that. I don't think I need to get saved again. You don't. If you got born again, you don't need to get saved again. But what you did when you got saved, do that again. Not looking for salvation again, looking for surrender in your life again. Lord, I got saved 20 years ago. I learned how to be a Christian and tie, tie, and walk in church with my head held high. I know what arm to carry my Bible under, and I'm pretty sure I got the right one. I know I do, but some folks ain't quite sure of it yet. I got a King James Bible. That's the Word of God. Some of you ain't convinced on that, probably because you don't read it. You read it, and God go talking to you out of it, and you say, yep, that's the right one been talking to me out of it. Yeah, that's a good one. He's talking to me, isn't it? You figured all that stuff out, and you'd go back to them first stages of, well, I'm wrong. Amen. Well, I love you. You know I do. I need to hear it. You need to hear it. Psalm 105, are you there? Let's stand this morning. Five, five verses. Psalm 105. Oh, well, that'd be a good way to start off our prayer meeting. Be a good way to start off our preaching meeting, our praising meeting. Oh, somebody said we got we don't have enough O in our church services anymore. Nobody's got any O. O. Oh. Oh God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. And if you underline, uh, you, you, you can. there's an action here. There's a few of them. You can underline give. Oh, give. Something I can do. Thanks unto the Lord. Call. You can underline that. That's something I can do. Upon his name. Make. That's something I can do. You can underline that. Make known his deeds among the people. Verse two. Sing. There's something I can do unto him. Somebody said, boy, y'all sure sing a lot at Crossroads. We're not singing to you. Not to me or you, it's to him. Sure we sing a lot at Crossroads. We come in here to sing to the Lord. Sing unto him. I was walking down the driveway the other day. I read this verse about two or three months ago in my, my private time with the Lord. I'd read this text and I'd gone out early in the morning. I was walking down the driveway praying and talking to the Lord and the Lord reminded me of this. And I was walking down the driveway and the Lord reminded me of Psalm 105, sing unto him. And I started singing unto him. And it was just me and him. And I was singing to him. And I don't know how to tell you except to say he liked it. He liked it. 
Not saying he liked how I sung, but he liked me singing to him. And me and him walked down the driveway and I sung to him and he showed up and listened. Sing unto him. <laughs> Sing psalms unto him. Talk. There's another action. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Verse three. Glory. There's another action to underline. Glory ye in his holy name. Let. There's another action. Let. The heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Verse four. Seek. Another action. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Or seek his face evermore. Verse five. Remember. There's another action. His marvelous works that he hath done his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you today. We love you today. We bless your name. You've helped us. We believe you still are. God, take what will be preached now and preach it to our hearts. God, I pray. Lord, we bless the name of the Lord. Touch the preaching of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. There are, if I counted right, about nine uh, what I would call actions of praise. There's about nine of them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I won't get to probably beyond one of them this morning. But I, I want to preach on the first one on oh, give thanks. Uh, give thanks unto the Lord. This is a psalm of encouragement uh, we are encouraged by the psalmist to do something. This is a psalm of uh, exhortation. Uh, the psalmist exhorts us to do something. Give thanks unto the Lord. Uh, I, I, I'd like to submit to you this morning, I believe that the psalmist has in his mind encouraging the people of God to praise God. Uh, by the way, this morning, that's not uh, just an encouragement, it's a commandment. God's people are commanded to praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. You're not just encouraged, but you are commanded to praise the Lord. And in our text, the psalmist gives us some actions of praise one of them, or one of the ways that we can praise God is by giving him thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. I want to look at that, giving thanks unto the Lord. We may go down and look at all of them this morning before we dismiss. We'll, as long as the Lord gives us the liberty and the time and helps us, we'll, and we'll be done in a little while, but, but, but I'm interested in that giving of thanks. Yeah. Uh, there is an indictment uh, on the last day church, on the last day world uh, that uh, is given to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul says to Timothy, the generation you're going to preach in, uh, and uh, Timothy dealt with it, but it was prophetical as well. It waxed worse and worse. Here's what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. 
watch this now, unthankful, unholy. Paul said, Timothy, there'll be a day when you're gonna preach to people and one of the great indictments of their generation is that they will be unthankful. They're unthankful. It will show towards their parents. It will show towards their peers. It will show towards their leaders. It will show towards their teachers and their preachers and the people in their life that have made investment. But really, the indictment's not got much to do with, with who we're thankful to down here, but that really, they are unthankful to God. Said uh, it'll be a sign or a mark of a perilous time when a generation of people have become unthankful. The psalmist said in Psalm 105, give thanks. You do it, give thanks. Didn't ask a question, you ought to give thanks. Didn't give a, didn't give a, well maybe if you feel like, give thanks. Uh, maybe if it's good in your life, give thanks. Maybe if everything's mountaintop right now, give thanks. But he says this, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Can I stop right here and ask you a question this morning? Is there anybody in the house of God, God's been good to you and you ought to just give him thanks this morning? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Paul also writes in Romans chapter one, verse 21, and talks to us about the generation that has uh, known that there was a God and glorified him not as God. Romans 1, 21 said, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. So they knew he was God, but they wouldn't thank him. They knew he was God, but they wouldn't be grateful to him. They knew he was God, but they wouldn't praise him. They wouldn't give him thanks. I want you to know this morning that as a child of God, you owe him thanks. As a man, as a woman, as a child, if God has saved you, you owe him thanks. As a matter of fact, if you've never been born again this morning, if your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, if heaven's not your eternal home, you still owe him thanks. You say, why do I owe him thanks? Because you got up this morning and you wasn't in hell. He gave you another day to get saved. He offered you mercy again. There's still grace. There's still forgiveness waiting on you if you'll come to him. There's still a space of grace and you owe him thanks that you're still living and breathing this morning. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. As I read this, there's some thoughts that, that, that come out to me in the scripture as I read it. Number one, this morning I'd say to you, as the psalmist writes this, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, I see an eagerness to do it. An eagerness to do it. That oh is like an explanation uh, 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 or an exclamation mark on the beginning of the sentence. It's like you went from the back with the exclamation point uh, at the end of the sentence and you took it to the front and, and you said before you even start reading this sentence, oh, exclamation mark, uh, emphasis added, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. The psalmist gives us the uh, exhortation, the commandment, the encouragement to give thanks with an eagerness. It's my, my privilege to give him thanks. It's 
my privilege to bow before him on an altar. It's my privilege to stand before him and lift my hands. It's my privilege to do it. I want to give him things. I want to ask you this morning, uh, how about you? You say, preacher, I, I, I would, but I just don't have a lot to be thankful for. That's a lie. Preacher, I would, I just don't feel like it this morning. I never asked you how you felt. Preacher, I would, but things aren't right this morning. Well, start giving him thanks, and maybe, maybe you can get some stuff right in your life. Or get stuff right so you can give him thanks, whichever way it needs to go. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. We, we sit around and wait on a good feeling in a service. That's immaturity, by the way. That's immaturity. You go to a church and, 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 and they build the whole service on, on, on emotionalism. That's the cause of immaturity. Now, I'll let us sing and sing and sing because we're going to sing to him, but we're just letting God's people worship the Lord and wait on God to move and wait on somebody to get excited about the goodness of the Lord. It ain't about you, it's about him, but it's immaturity for us to think that we got to move off of a feeling. You go ahead and give him thanks whether you feel like it or not. Why do they got to sing your favorite song or your favorite group or why does it got to be you? They, some folks, they won't praise God one singer. I've been places and I preach and watch people sit there like they, uh, you know, just hating everything until you get them up to sing. They get up and sing and they go to crocodile tear crying and worshiping. I thought, well, where have you been for the last 45 minutes? That's immaturity. It's not spiritualism, it's immaturity. Y'all hear me this morning. I was preaching in a church in Tennessee several years ago they brought in a neighboring church choir. The neighboring church choir was loud and obnoxious, got on my nerve during the service. They got them up to sing, and, and they got them up there to sing, and they sang forever. When I say forever, I mean that choir, and, and the pastor, bless his heart, he really wasn't in control of the music, and, and I think that's where I would have took control that night. Like, all right, from here on out, I'm in control of, of, of ending the singing. But he let them do the singing, and and uh, and and so they sang and and uh, sang and sang and sang and sang some more. And when they got done with that, they sang some more. Finally, they sung every song they knew uh, and ever had known. I'm pretty sure there were some country songs in there. I mean, they're just running out of stuff to sing. I'm pretty sure we sung "Happy Birthday." Uh, Mary had a little lamb. I mean, they're just coming up with stuff to sing. They were enjoying their spotlight. I guess nobody had ever asked them to sing, and they thought, well, we're going to make the best of it. Hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes of that one choir singing, and it wasn't good. Finally, they got done. I thought, well, I've been here so long, i got to go to the restroom before I preach. I walked back to go to the restroom, come out of the restroom, and they was all heading out the back door and said, we got to get out of here. i got stuff to go do. I wanted to say, you sorry jokers, you sang for an hour and a half and you're going to leave when I'm going to start preaching. I heard one of them say, they didn't know I was there. I ain't got time to listen to preaching tonight. You sung so much. My wife and kids was there. They know I'm telling the truth. I was mad. Won't worship God, won't praise the Lord unless you're the singing group. What's the world? Are y'all hearing me this morning? Well, he ain't got me to sing, probably because you don't need to sing right now. <laughs> Until you learn to be thankful. 
and somebody else is doing it. Oh, give thanks with an eagerness. You can hear the emphasis in that. Why don't you just, I mean, just be waiting on the opportunity to do it. Give thanks. Kind of reminds me of a, of a fella who's wanting to ask a girl to marry him and he bought a ring and he's just waiting for the right opportunity. He's going to give her this ring. And boy, you, I mean, you know he's just eat up inside with eagerness. I'm going to give her this gift and I can't wait. I hope she says yes. Sounds to me like a, like a girl and she's married to a fella and and she's went and bought him one of them Rectech grills or something like that that he wants. And, 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 and listen, my wife would do something like that for me if I cooked. I don't cook, so she would, she'd be buying it for herself. I'd say, you bought you a Rectech, did you? I'm bad. That's bad when you don't even grill. At least fellas grill. I don't even, my wife's the grill master at the house. She mows the yard, y'all. It's bad. She picks out my clothes and irons them for me and mows the yard. I got her believing I can't breathe the bahia grass and it just, she mows the yard. I'm gonna teach her how to weed eat and me and the boys just gonna, we're gonna drink sweet tea on the porch. When you gonna get them steaks going? Hurry up and get done mowing so you can get them steaks going. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a of a uh, of a little kid who don't have much money, but they talk somebody to take them to Walmart and they buy ugly stuff. Little kids buy ugly gifts; they don't mean to. They just don't know what good gifts look like. Not mine. Y'all always have done good, boys. But I've seen other people's kids' gifts. They give it's pitiful. Ugly. Oh, thank you for that. I'll never wear that, but thank you. This is my favorite color next to the 12 other ones that I like better than this one. I don't know how many colors there are. They got all kinds of them now. Ah, that little child has is, is, is got that gift. And said, boy, I can't wait till mama gets, I can't wait till Christmas. I want to give her this. I've bought it. I'm just waiting to give it. Just can't hardly contain myself. Oh goodness, what if we what if we get up in the morning and say, Lord, you brought me to another day and I just wanted to come and give you thanks. What, what if we knew Sunday was rolling around and by Saturday night we thought, Lord, I can't hardly wait till tomorrow morning. I wonder what you're gonna do and I can't wait to come into your presence and bow before you and give you thanks with an eagerness. Not something's gotta be pulled out of you. Well, I guess the preacher, he ain't gonna give up until we all raise our hands, fine. He's going to make them sing that song till somebody goes to the altar. I guess it'll be me. Get the preacher to quit. He's going to preach until somebody says amen. Fine, I'll give him one. That's not an eagerness to give thanks. 
Anybody remember this morning where you were when God found you? Does anybody remember this morning the deep part of hell that you should have been kicked off in and would have been okay and right with God for you to be there because you were so unrighteous but God didn't give you what he, what he owed you. God didn't give you what you deserved but he showed up with a whole lot of grace and mercy and he did not give you what you deserved and he saved you and he gave you a home and a life worth living and you ought to come in here and so should I with an eagerness to give him some things. Thank you. You sent a preacher to my town. Thank you. You sent the gospel to my town. Thank you that I didn't grow up in a dead, dry, formal church where the Holy Ghost wasn't at and the word of God wasn't preached and the gospel wasn't magnified. Thank you that I grew up God where I could hear the word of God in truth. Oh, give thanks. An eagerness to bring it to him. I want to give you something, Lord. Me and my wife have been married. Oh, goodness. I know, but I forgot. 18 years this January, right? 18 years this January. See, I didn't forget. I just won. <sighs> 17 years and a half. 18 years is January. See, I always add to it, and she always does. She's like, you're not 38, you're 37. I was like, I know, but I'm halfway there. I want you to just make the, you know. <clears throat> 18 years this January we will have been made. Married. <clears throat> <laughs> we will have made 18 years this January. And our 10th anniversary, uh, I, I had the opportunity to make a little side money. And I thought, well, what do you want to do with that? And so I did some finagling and, uh, and, and borrowed some money from someone for like a day so I could buy the tickets without her knowing. She knows stuff. You know, these women, they plugged into the account and all that stuff. And you can't surprise them anymore. Don't you miss the days of cash when you just had cash and now you try to, you can't surprise them because they immediately get a text on their phone. He just bought tickets through Delta. <laughs> and so I, I, I made this money and anyway, she didn't know about it. And I'd bought some tickets to Hawaii for our 10th anniversary. You ought to go sometime if you ain't ever been. Tremendous. We've been, we determined we was going to go every five years. We missed the, we missed the last one. That's a hard one to get to. But we, I, we bought these tickets to Hawaii, and I'd bought them. She didn't know about them. I bought them in September. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That's hard business. Knowing we was going, and she didn't know about it, and, 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 and wasn't going to find out about it until Christmas. Our anniversary was in January. I was going to give it to her at Christmas and then we were going to have to wait to go and, and, and I had to sit on that and I couldn't tell her about it. I couldn't, uh, you know, we couldn't rejoice together about it. Couldn't, couldn't plan nothing. I just sit there and I was so ready for Christmas to get here. I, I ain't ever wanted Christmas to get here so bad. I bought her a little purse and I put them tickets in the purse and, and zipped it up and, and it was a nice purse too and, 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 and I put them, one of them Michael Kors purses. Yeah, that's good, ain't it? Y'all need to do better. I got our Michael Kors purse and tickets to Hawaii. I'm telling you. 
eight years ago, I did really good. And I tell her every year when it wasn't as good, but you do remember that year. I did good then. I put them tickets in there. I couldn't wait Christmas morning and, and she opened presents. The boys were, I was like, boys, hurry, just get out of the way. Nobody cares you got a bicycle, who cares? She said, oh, that's a beautiful purse. Oh, it's so nice. Or it was one of the hand things. It was something, a wallet that goes in a purse. That's what it was. I don't even remember. I'm lying to you on accident. I thought it was a purse. It was a Michael Kors wallet. That's because I'd spent all the money on them tickets. I couldn't afford the purse, just the wallet that goes in it. She had not looked at it and said, oh, that's nice. And laid back down. I was like, no, you need to open that. She opened and I couldn't wait. Man, I was so excited. I couldn't wait. She said, what in the world is this? I said, me and you going to Hawaii, baby. <laughs> Maui. Nine days. Man, I was, I was way up there. I still am. I, I still, but I need to do that again. What I'm trying to tell you is I couldn't wait. I had a gift I wanted to give uh, and I was eager to give it. And nobody's ever been better to me than Jesus. Nobody's ever blessed me more than God. Nobody's ever done for me what he's done for me. And somebody ought to get something together and go ahead and come to church and plan on, God, when I get there, I'm gonna raise my hands. When I get there, I'm gonna shout amen. When the choir sings, I can't wait. I'm gonna give you glory. Oh, give thanks with an eagerness. Oh, give thanks with an estimation. Give, it means you get to determine what that thanks is going to look like. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, be done here in just a minute and give you an illustration you probably won't like. I didn't like it when, I, when the Lord gave it to me. Oh, give thanks. That means I can, thanks is something that we, we give in exchange for something that's been given to us, right? You, you, you give me a dollar and say, hey, I wanted to give you this dollar. And the Lord put you on my heart and gave you a dollar. And I say, thank you. Thank you for that dollar. That was nice of you. I don't know why you did that, but thank you. Last night, uh, uh, Levi's uh, strings on his mandolin were breaking, and and they were going to be doing that song this morning. And so I said, "Well, I'll run to the guitar center and in Augusta and go get some." So I drove over there while they're here practicing, and and I and I went in and I I said, "This is." Uh, he told me to get Martin uh, strings for a mandolin. The only ones I can see here are the Diodarios, and he said, "Well, that's all we got." And I said, "Well, my son said if that's all you had, that these would be fine." And I said, is this the right size? Is this the right? I don't know. He plays it. I don't. And the guy said, yep, that's it, man. That's exactly what you need. I said, thank you. And, and he said, uh, he said uh, what time is it? And I told him it's, it's 8.54. He said, ah. I probably shouldn't say this going out online. I'm going to get the guy fired. I don't know. He said, I tell you what, it's for your son. I'm going to give it to you. I said, really? For your son? Yeah. We got a young man wanting to play an instrument? Yeah, I'll give it to you. I said, man, thank you. 
And that was really nice. You don't know me. You didn't have to do that. Thank you. And my thank you was based on the estimation of what it was that he had given me, which was really about $8.99. $8.99. Now, if I could have talked to him into delivering them over here for free, there have been some more thanks. He might have got a gift card. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, my. But you're going to have to sit down for a little while to come up with how much thanks you owe him for all he's done for you. I think we got some back pay that we owe him. I think we're, I think we're a little bit behind on payment. I'd say this morning that, that if we sat down, we'd get plumb beside ourselves if we spent a little bit of time thinking about how much we actually ought to be thankful for. He's been so good to me. He's been so good to me. Estimated thanks. I'd say this to you and coming close to being done preaching this morning, I'd say not only... Is it an eager thanks and estimated thanks? But an expected thanks. Oh, give thanks. You ever done something for someone and they never even thanked you for it? And you knew, I'm never going to say anything, but they should have said thanks. And sometimes, and, and maybe I've done that to you, sometimes people are, we just forget, we get busy, we don't mean to, it didn't mean, they didn't mean nothing by it. And then sometimes we're just selfish people and we think that you owe us something and you should just do that. We, we, we thank you for, um, you know, looking at me to the point where, um, you know, I'm using the word thanks and I'm confusing myself as a, uh, yeah, thanks for doing what you should have done for me anyhow because you owe me everything. That's how we view ourselves sometimes. Nobody should have done anything for you. If they did, if, if they do, then, then take a little time uh, to thank them. And, and, and the truth of the matter is this morning is, is we've done things for people before and, and they never even turn around and say, thank you. And we know, well, we're, you know, it wasn't that much and they really didn't have to anyways. But in your mind, you kind of expect it. <laughs> Don't you think that God's a little offended? How offended do you get? I gave them $20 and they didn't even say thanks. I, I cleaned my kid's room they didn't even say thank you and then walked in there and made it a mess again. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me this morning, are you? I mean, you get a little offended, right? Right? Don't you think God's a little offended at us sometimes? I rescued them from hell. I've met their every need. I've blessed them beyond measure. And they come to church and the preacher beg them to praise God and they just look at him. Or the preacher just look at them. And, and they saying amazing grace and nobody's amazed. I'm not talking about a feeling you ought to have. I'm not talking about emotionalism that you ought to work up. I'm talking about something that you give God because you owe it to it. Whether I feel like it or not, thank you, Lord. Whether I feel like it or not, I want to thank you that you bless me beyond measure. Yes, 
Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Now here's my illustration that none of us are going to like. We're all pretty good Christians around here, you know. We, I pat you on the back, you pat me on the back, and we'll all applaud each other. We do so good, so good. We're just a blessing. At least, don't amen this, please. I'm being sarcastic. At least not, we're not like all them people acting like the devil. You know. And you know who you think's acting like the devil. If I were to ask you this morning, who is it acts like the devil? You said, boy, them drug addicts, boy, they act like the devil. That wife beater, he acts like the devil. And that's wrong. It is. That drunkard, boy, he's acting like the devil. Can, can you believe that you hear about so-and-so? I mean, he, he, he just acted like the devil, got put in jail, lost his car, lost his job, just out there acting like the devil. Problem is, I never read the devil did any of that. Not a bit of it. I never read where the devil got drunk. You, you know what that is? That's acting like a sinner. And if you act like a sinner and live like a sinner, you'll have to pay wages like a sinner and the wages of sin is death. And sin will kill you, it will kill you, it will kill you. Your sin will kill you, my sin will kill me. Sin kills us. That ain't acting like the devil. Isaiah chapter 14 shows you what acting like the devil looks like. The devil was in the presence of God. He was created. Don't you forget this morning that God created the devil. He was created by God, Lucifer, to be a light bearer and a musician for God. He was, pre he was created to give God glory. And Satan sat in the presence of God and wouldn't give it to him. I'm going to tell you something this morning. There's more devil acting people in the average Baptist church in America than there ever has been on a bar stool. That messes us up, don't it? You come in here week after week and act just like the devil. Somebody praise God. I ain't going to do it. I don't feel like it. Somebody bow your head and give your heart to God. I ain't going to do it. I'm in control. The devil wanted to be praised. The devil wanted to be in control. The devil wanted to run the show. The devil wanted the glory. And he stood in the glory of God and he would not give it to him. He would not give God glory. And I know a bunch of Baptists that will not give him glory. They will not bow on an altar. They will not lift their hands. They will not sing his praise. They will not thank God. They look like the devil more than the drunk on the street. Oh, give thanks. Oh, we ought to come to church this morning. Are y'all hearing me now? We ought to come to church this morning 
and say, boy, I hope he gives an altar call in a minute because I'm going down there to pray. I'm, I'm, I like that he's putting the offering plates down here and we're bringing our offering because that gives me a good opportunity to get my family together and say, family, let's thank God. He's been good to us. I like writing my tithe check because that reminds me of a tenth of what God has done for me. And if that is the tenth, boy, God sure has blessed the fire out of me. I love it when the choir sings resurrection power. I love it when the choir sings. I talked to him today. I think I'm just going to go ahead and thank him for it publicly. Praise him. Our churches are eat up in this area and probably every area, but I don't pastor in other areas. And we got a good one here, but it's still got it too. It's still got it too. Our churches are eat up with people acting like the devil. Won't praise God, refuse to praise God. Hadn't ever praised God, ain't gonna praise God, ain't planning on praising God. And they may have praised God last week. Some folks may have praised God last week, but they don't feel like it. They're charismatics, and they don't feel like it, and so they do everything they do off of feelings. There's been some times I've come in here and I've felt like it. Boy, don't you enjoy them times. Boy, I feel like it. There's times I come in here and I don't feel like it. But it don't matter whether I feel like it or I don't feel like it. He's God, he's glorious, he's worthy. Just go ahead and thank him. Bow your head on an altar and say, God, I come to thank you. Get up early in the morning and walk down the road and say, God, I come to thank you. Ride down the road by yourself in the car and say, God, I just want to pull over on the side of the road and thank you that you got me out of hell, set my feet on a solid rock, changed my life and have been good to me. Thank you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Come on on the piano. Now, I am done preaching and I don't know how this needs to look in your life. There's some folks around here need to thank God. He's thank God. The devil did not look like a meth head. He did not look like a drug addict. He did not look like a drunk. He did not look like a whatever you name it. A thief, bank robber. The devil looked like a church member who sat in the presence of God and wouldn't give him glory. Wouldn't give him control. Wouldn't turn over his life. Wouldn't surrender his will. Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, you can go read them. Filled with the devil speaking, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Self-willed, full of himself. Thought everybody owed him something. Thought the glory should have been his. Thought it was about him. His song was about him. His service was about him. His sermon was about him. Everything's about him. I'm gonna tell you something this morning. If me and you learn to give God thanks, it wouldn't be about you and it wouldn't be about me, but it'd be about him. Lord, thank you this morning. Would you help us now in the invitation in Jesus' name?